0: South of
1: the Six Podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports
0: teams from
1: south of the Canadian border. Here's your
0: host, Adam Corsair. All right, here we go. Welcome to episode 119 of the South of the Six Podcast. We are part of the Stadium .tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. The Blue Jays are, they're all right. They're better than what we expected, and it's kind of a welcome sight. So we're just going to break it all down. Joining me tonight to talk all things Toronto Blue Jays is Connor Chambers of Toronto Sports Views in the TSV podcast. Connor, I apologize for my voice. Dad life got a cold. My daughter doesn't know how to cover her mouth yet. But anyways, how you doing? Well, I mean, you sound pretty good. I,
1: mean, I, I, honest, <laughs> I honestly wouldn't have known until you said something. So um, viewers or listeners, I guess, on the podcast networks, wherever you're listening from, uh, I, th- I think we can all agree. sounds You sound pretty good. Just don't, don't, don't be self-conscious about
0: it. Nah, I got the halls man. So there. Yeah, yeah, I've done know, that once or twice. what's great about halls is that when you have them, they have these little inspirational phrases on the on the wrapping paper. So yeah. it doesn't make me feel nearly as bad of, of the aspect of taking hauls.
1: Oh yeah, like and then and then you feel empowered and you're like, I'm Superman. I can do whatever. I guess in your case, Super Dad. <laughs> My kid's gonna love me. I'm gonna be the best, even when I'm sick. No sick days. And then you get all those inspirational quotes like hashtag. Rise for success. Hashtag Rome wasn't built in a day. Wow! And you get all like you get all motivated <laughs> to do things in your day, and that's it.
0: Yeah, it's people told me before having the child, like get ready for the uh, the winter months. Even the pediatrician. So she got her first cold. I want to say in probably December. We were all sick around Christmas time, and I did a good job of like taking my halls and maintaining the podcast. So like maybe people, if you look back, you might be able to hear it a little bit, but. So, we um, we go to the pediatrician. We're like, hey, we don't know what's going on with her. We're new parents. Um, What do we do? Like, does she sound bad to you? Does she sound like she had maybe bronchitis or something? He's like, no, it's really kind of impossible for a baby to get bronchitis because their lungs aren't developed as much as they should to get them. Yeah, he's like, when you see their chest collapse. And like they're breathing really labored, that's when you have to worry. But in terms of bacterial bronchitis, a baby can't get that; they can only get the viral kind. Oh. Um, yeah, which I thought was kind of neat. But the 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 point of the story, and we were like, so when is sh- this cough gonna go to away? Wh- go away? He's probably was like probably around May, you know, because because <laughs> she's in daycare and stuff, and it's like it's oh. a germ casserole. So, oh no! Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: The gift that keeps on giving.
0: Doesn't stop. <laughs> Does not
1: stop. That's brutal. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Well, speaking of gifts that keep on giving, um, the appearance of Vladdy Guerrero Jr., I'm calling this right now because by the time this airs, we might know. Um, Vladdy's going to hit his first home run tonight. Really? In, in LA? Yes. In LA. And it's going to be very fitting. And, and that's going to be the gift that keeps on giving for years and years to come. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and home runs. And it's going to happen tonight. And we're okay. going to witness it.
0: We are recording this on Wednesday evening. So game two of the three-game series against the Angels has not concluded on our end. So we can't predict the future, although I guess Connor can because he's saying Vladdy's... Yeah, I mean, he walked twice last night.
1: He did. He did. No one wants to throw to him, though. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, I know your power. I know what you can do. I'm not throwing to you. I don't blame him. I, I, would, I would intentionally walk him every time he came up to the plate.
0: Well, that aside... Let's cover the bases first before we go into Vlad Guerrero Jr. in-depth talk. So right now, I guess 500 was fun while it lasted. Um, we're in the middle, <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, we're in the middle of a three-game series against the Angels. So things can change on that front. Um, right now, they finished the month of April with a 14-15 and record. They swept the athletics again. And as you mentioned, they now have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on the squad. Hopefully for good. That being said... This team is undoubtedly exciting, and although only April, you know, small sample size and all, quote-unquote, they've exceeded expectations. So before we get into anything, Vlad specifically, how are you feeling about this Jays team heading into May?
1: Pleasantly surprised, I think is probably the best way to describe them. Look, uh, if you you told me that they were going to finish the month 14 and 15, I would take that. Yeah. Uh, as, as a Jays fan, that means to me, seeing that on paper, that means to me that they're probably in some really exciting games. And as a fan of a team that came into the season with mediocre expectations, that's really all that you can ask for is just stay competitive, be in games, and give us something to cheer for. Because if you have a repeat of last year where it was like, okay, well, like we've talked about this, where it's like, okay, this team is, sh- is complete dog shit. But we have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming, and that's the exciting part. Right, you can't have that again this year. It's not going to fly. So the fact that all these quote unquote role players are almost sort of stepping up and coming in clutch with moments like Brandon Drury's home runs, and uh, you know, I know we're going to talk about guys like Eric Sogard and how they've sort of emerged out of the out of the fires, like the the Night King out <laughs> of the fire from Game of Thrones, just like this doesn't affect me. I am I am God, and just kind of comes out. So uh it's it's very it's very exciting to see as, as a jays fan, and i'm i'm very happy with the games that they've played a lot of their losses have been only one run as well so uh that a lot of those could have gone either way so the fact that the jays are where they are for me from an entertainment perspective is uh i'm i'm, I'm happy with where they've ended up in the month of april
0: yeah, and you know you you think of all these signings or lack thereof, or the, the small scale signings that the Blue Jays had in the off season, and you, um, you reference all the comments that Jays Twitter made as a result. Like I remember when Eric Sogard was signed, people were freaking out or right. yeah, ripping. dude, like ripping into uh, uh, Shapiro and Atkins and Shakin saying things. Strikes a gun, Poop, exactly. poop emoji, like exactly. Shut up. But, like, this is it. Like, th- this was a minor league signing, right? A minor league signing that ended up being very valuable for this team. And that's sort of the name of the game. Like, you don't want to go out and just blow your load on on players that might not produce for you. This is why Dallas Keuchel isn't signed yet, even though yeah. I think they should do it. Definitely- this is why he was never signed in the offseason. Um, I think baseball, th- the analytics of the game, are lending more and more credence to uh, value over just spending, right? There's, there's much more of a clear definition of what your monetary value is. And I think players are definitely opposed to this movement, but it definitely seems like owners are on the side of, yeah, we see the sabermetrics. We see the analytics. You aren't worth what you think you are anymore. Sure.
1: And now that that information is available, and owners, like, more and more readily, and owners and general managers, presidents, they all they all see this and they have that information. Um, they're running this more like a business now than they ever have. And there's a lot of stakeholders involved, and there's a lot of money in baseball. So um, the contracts that the big stars demand, it's not like contracts of, of hockey players, per se. I know that they're in a cap world. And it's, it's a little bit different because... Of the, of the cap where so you can't get to a certain number and here's what you paid. But, you know, guy, you're getting you're getting contracts like Trout and Harper and Machado and crazy number deals. So uh, taking a look at that, you have to be financially uh, responsible for your team. And, and now it's owners, instead of it being more of a passion project, they're taking this as more of a business and they're saying, okay, we'll spend to win, but we have to put the money in the right places. So is this really worth it? Are these numbers that you're bringing to me the information that you've been given and, and supplied is, is it worth it to go out and spend two three four hundred million $400 million on, on this one player? So I think, I think that's kind of where it, it's gone to in that general direction, but it's smart. It's, it's a business, right? It's asset management. It's
0: business. You touched on like, obviously there are some exceptions to the rules, like a Mike Trout sure. for uh, as yes. young as he is. Yes. Yeah. If you're going to lock him down at being right now today, undisputably the best player in baseball, you make exceptions to the rule. Um, maybe the Bryce Harper contract might have been a little egregious, but I guess the Phillies—I can say that—the Phillies <laughs> are, um, are now finally like, hey, we, we're pushing to win. Uh, we tasted it before. Let's bring a championship to the city. I think that, again, could be an exception. Same thing with San Diego, with Machado. I get it. Um, but in terms of these aging veterans—and this sort of calls back to what Marcus Stroman was complaining about in spring training— um, These aging veterans, it's just the money's not there. Like, even right now. So, like, remember Troy Tulowski? Huh? Troy Whiskey. Um, oh, my God. Paying him. I, I like not to. Yeah. Paying a, <laughs> upwards of, what is it, like 20, 22, 25 million just to not be on the Jays, right? No one wanted to trade for that. And there's a reason for that. His body's broken down. He's not the player that he once was. In fact, I saw a tweet just before we started recording. Today, in a minor league game, he had to leave because of calf tightness. What Are a surprise. Surprised? No, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. What a surprise. Like, these older veteran players aren't going to get the contracts anymore because I feel like ownership, front offices, they're more mindful of Of, look, we're not going to pay you for what you did. We're paying you for what you project to be. And I think, as you mentioned, that's asset management. That is smart. Because the old philosophy, like, I remember with Jose Bautista, with Edwin and Canarcion, like, how can you not pay these guys for everything they did for the organization? Well, that's the contract they chose during that time. This is what we feel like they're going to be worth henceforth. Would you like to have Edwin Canarcion on a five-year deal right now? I wouldn't. Would you like to have Jose Bautista on the team right now on a five-year deal? I wouldn't. We'd pretty much be hamstrung. So I feel like these philosophies are definitely encapsulating every front office and ownership in the MLB. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Yeah. Do you remember what Jose Bautista was asking for? Five years, $150 million? Yep. And he's yep. like, no hometown discount because I already took one. And yeah, he no was, one paid you that, bro. And, and no, and no one, no one paid. No one paid you even close to that. Because guess what? If we had him on this team, at and it, what would this have been year four or five, whatever? It would have been near the end of it. But at thirty million dollars AAV, give or take, depending on how much they paid him, whatever,
0: they probably front load that. They,
1: they would, I'm sure they would have front loaded it. But still, let's let's say for argument's sake, twenty million dollars. That's, that's almost, almost as bad, if not as bad, as the Troy Tulisky contract. Mm. And yeah, then, then Jays fans look and they say, oh, well, that was a stupid contract. No, you wanted it and you weren't going to think about facing the consequences after year four, or year five, because you think, okay, well, well, we'll eat this now and then figure it out later. But, you know, there's already so much dead money on this team and that was already the philosophy that to do that with a Jose Bautista or Edwin Encarnacion, that would have, that would have absolutely decimated the financial standing of the Blue Jays and where they were going to go. So uh, smart of them to move off of that and have to eat all the Ted money that they've already been eating now and the contracts that they haven't given out or haven't acquired in the Shapiro Atkins regime that was all acquired by Alex Anthopoulos.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's like, just think of the Edwin Encarnacion offer. Like a lot of people like to point at the lack of signing Edwin at the time as if it was the front office's fault. And I don't know why. It's sort of revisionist history here, but re- whatever. Um, the Jays offered him four years, 75, with an option for a fifth at 25, making it a potential $100 million contract. Think about where we would be right now if that would have happened.
1: Not no, not, in not a great spot, no. We it would have, It again, another almost dead money. I mean, Encarnacion would still play. He still plays, and he, he contributes positively, To a Seattle Mariners team that is off to a very hot start that I didn't see coming. But uh, is it, especially in the direction that this team is going, he wouldn't be on the Toronto Blue Jays and it would be really hard to get to move him off or even get something in return, right?
0: Well, I feel like the Blue Jays are doing everything right in terms of managing their assets and their prospects and whatnot. Um, you mentioned Eric Sogard who, even though he's battling the flu right now, I'd rather it be the flu than any sort of physical ailment because we're sort of relying on him. I say we as in the Blue Jays, um, but he's producing man and no one wants to, well, no one wants to admit that they were bitching about him in the off season. Well, here we go. He has a line of 395, 458, 698, and an OPS Eric Sogard has an OPS of one point one five six. Ridiculous! Ridiculous! That's, That's fucked. fucked, man. It, he already has three That's home fucked. runs. Three home runs. It's Eric Sogard, ladies and gentlemen. He hit
1: he hit three home runs in twenty seventeen. That was the most he's ever hit in one year. Wow. <laughs> he's already matched his career high in in a in a in a baseball in season yeah. for home runs 11 game. Um. Yeah, have you ever heard of a of an atrocious minor league signing?
0: No, not one. No, no.
1: It's it's impossible because it's it's incredibly low risk and way more reward than risk. So uh, if a if a minor league sign if you sign a guy to a minor league contract and he doesn't work out, guess what? Who gives a shit? Yeah. It was a minor league contract. Is you're not handing out big bucks. You have to you have to provide depth to your organization. Eric Sogard was meant as a depth move. If you had told me that he was going to pan out like this, I would say fantastic. But no one in this organization, not even Shapiro Atkins, envisioned this happening to start the year with Sogard. I can guarantee you that.
0: Um, I, the thing that I like about it, though, is that, you know, when you see him hit, right, and after he he's hitting quite well... Um, whether it be after a home run or whether it be after anything, he goes back to the bench and he feeds the the young kids with the information of how to approach the hitter that he's he's uh, that they're dealing with at the time. It's pretty good. That experience is valuable. That veteran presence is valuable. That I think the Blue Jays, like again, like Marcus Stroman was saying, there is some value to it. However, I don't feel that the Blue Jays should overpay for it. I think that's the overarching theme right here. Um, Eric Sogard was a a minor league signing with an invite to spring training and had he not made this team, whatever, what are you really eating anyway? It doesn't really matter. But if he is making this team and he's contributing, I don't care what your name is. I don't care how old you are. And I don't care if it's a minor league deal or not. As long as you're contributing on a consistent level in a consistent basis, I'm cool with whoever you are.
1: million percent there does it doesn't have to be it can be a name player that's kind of out of their prime it can be a no-name guy um as long as you're positively contributing to the squad whatever that means whatever your definition of it is everyone's got a different definition so whatever that is for you as long as they're approaching it meeting it or exceeding it you know what good for that because um there was no risk to this signing at all and obviously if they're not performing at that level after a few months you can say okay well um, thank you very much for, for what you've done, but we're going to move on. And that's it. That's that's all it comes down to. Asset management, man. It's all about asset management in this game. It's crazy.
0: Well, speaking of asset management, now we can unpack on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, first up, there is some clarification that I need to make when it comes to the excitement of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, I sent out a tweet because I noticed on MLB Network there was a countdown. Uh, for Vlad's debut I've never seen anything like that before ever and I tweeted out I said I don't know if Blue Jays fan understand the gravity of the situation nothing like this has ever happened before and I didn't mean it condescendingly it was I was just kind of buying the hype at the time and really excited like legitimately nothing ever like this has happened before and then I get responses by saying oh we know we obviously know we're pretty smart up here when it comes to baseball I'm like, that's not what I meant. It's it's more like to the 2015-16 fans that kind of hopped on. They're unfamiliar with this type of coverage because never, ever, ever have I seen a network make a countdown to someone's debut. Not Harper, not Machado, no one. Never seen it before in my life. And the fact that this is coming from a Blue Jays prospect kind of makes me happy and it kind of makes me uh, proud that the Blue Jays can finally have a nice thing, right? This is... He's ours. He's all ours. So that being said, um, the debut was great. The coverage was great. It was, They timed it perfectly on a Friday night. No other games going down against an Oakland Athletics team that's beatable. Um, you know, get the press coverage there. Get all the highlights you want. You know, his dad made a beautiful tribute to him. It was gorgeous. How did you feel about the debut, and do you think that – well, you already said that he's going to hit his home run, too. But do you think that he's going to adjust well in the majors?
1: Yeah. Uh, I was not expecting him to come up and just start hitting three, 350, 400, uh, right out the gate. Um, I think if you were to say that, you would either be foolish or lying. Right. Uh, I, it's, it's hard. I mean, there's there was so much hype around Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And do I expect him to be a better hitter than what he's producing now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that as he gets at-bats in the league and as he kind of has his first go-around with a bunch of these pitchers who are uh, overly cautious with wanting to... No one wants to be the first guy to leave a massive tater in the zone for Vladimir Guerrero to bomb. You don't want to be that guy. No one wants to be that guy. Um, Everybody in the league is watching Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and everyone in the league is waiting for him to hit his home run. So as a pitcher... You're almost a little nervous. I don't want I don't want to be that guy that gives up a home run. So I think that there's a lot of caution on the pitchers right now and I think that there's a lot of anxiousness from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. cuz he's in the box and you see that he will he's swinging at pitches that he normally doesn't swing at. Mm. And I think that that's going to adjust itself, but I also think that he's being aggressive and he's saying if, if a ball looks like it's in the zone, I'm smacking this out of here. And I want to make a good impression for my team, for my manager and for the fans. Because I know how much this city loves me. They've welcomed me. I have a Raptors jersey. Drake's like, yo, my (laughs) man, welcome to the city, bro. Like, you're a beauty. So everything that's been encapsulated in that, he's feeling when he's in the batter's box, right? It's It's not anything different than what... Uh, than, than what you would feel like and the on the first day of work when you have like your your friends and family are like, oh man, like we're so excited for you like you got this new thing blah blah, blah. you feel everything that's kind of come with that into your new beginning. So for Vlad Jr. it's it's almost just he has to get a little bit more uh, comfortable and and relaxed because I see him he's kind of not relaxed. he's really anxious up at the box right And for one pitcher to just take his mind off for a second, and leave a tater there, and I think it's going to happen tonight. I think I think that, um, especially with now that the Angels have, they they made him what they were. He was 0 for 2 with two walks last night, yep. correct? Yep. So he didn't have a hit last night, but you could tell that they were pitching very cautiously. I think that they might try to test him a little bit today, and I think that that's where uh, someone's going to make a mistake, whether it's the starting pitcher or the bullpen, and he's going to go yard. Uh, so that's um. I, I, but in terms of the debut, I know I got off track a little bit. In no, terms of the, yeah. in terms of the debut, you know what? It was it was as I expected it to be. Um, I'm kind of glad that he didn't hit a home run because I think that the buzz in the city would have been like, this guy is is the god of gods for ball players. He's a he's a top player in baseball, and everyone would have been overreacting, and everybody would have had these even though we have super high expectations of him already, I think that they would have been so outlandish. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that his debut was sort of, you know what, here's a, here's what I'm able to do. I'm able to see pitches. I got us a, a key hit in the ninth inning, uh, a, a double to set up the, the, uh, the winning run. So uh, with all that said, I think they positively contributed in his debut and I was pretty happy with it.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. We have to keep reminding ourselves that this guy is a 20 year old kid. yeah, right just and the, yeah, the way I was handling things at 20 is not the way I'm handling things today. It's just not. Sure. Um so it's, imagine being in this a uh, hyperactive environment where the camera is constantly focused on you uh, to get that big moment and to get that, you know sense of proof that you are uh, worth it up here. I think we all know that he's worth it, but I think there's some sort of self validation that he might be chasing. Um, I think you're right. He is swinging with a lot of violence, which I, I is indicative of him and how he's performed in the minors, but there is something a little off on that. I think he's getting anxious to get that first home or just to get it off his back. Yeah. Um, whereas I'd rather him just like relax and just approach the at bat. And maybe he is like, this is just from my untrained eye. Um, but it's it's crazy. It's it's outstanding that the Blue Jays now have this member of their roster that's getting attention so much so that you know after watching the condensed game of uh, last night's game, uh, Tuesday night's game, you his first time walking to the plate, he had a standing ovation. Yeah, from and this is not just people from you know Canada traveling; these were people in LA giving Vladimir Guerrero Jr. a standing ovation. Yeah,
1: that was nice to see. Uh, obviously, there's the lineage with his father, but uh, it, yeah. it, again, it's still you can still have a father son moment and, and give the kudos. But this man has garnered so much attention, and obviously, we've heard about him for the last three years constantly up here, or I guess in, in your case, down down there as well. But mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, it's it's crazy to think about. I saw uh, one of the Cubs players. I think it was uh, Pedro Strope. And he was doing an Instagram story uh, of Vladimir Jr. Guerrero Jr.'s first at bat with the Blue Jays, and the entire Cubs uh, do- uh, clubhouse was watching. That's and it. they were cheering for him to get his to get his first uh, hit, his first home run, whatever. And they were watching because I think that they were either in a rain delay or they were before the game or something. They were all in there. They were all watching. They're all you know. Talking in Spanish, and they're all they—they they all want him to succeed and do well. It was crazy to see that and think, "Wow, this guy!" Obviously, everyone knows of him, but to garner this much attention from all these other stud players and these organizations already watching him and cheering for him—that is something special.
0: It's crazy, man. Like I—I I hope this is the dawn of something special for the Blue Jays because you know, during that 2015-16 run, it was great, and I still wouldn't trade anything for the world. Like I, I would relive that a hundred times out of a hundred the exact same way the thing is is that we we knew that that team and that squad was very finite right we knew it maybe had a two three year window whereas yeah. this squad you know we, we haven't talked about Kevin Biggio we haven't talked about Bob we haven't talked about Anthony Alford to you know to, if we're being honest he's been struggling a bit but still there's a lot of potential in this team coming up especially on the field and in the hitting end, if everything clicks, that is a sustainable, long-term contending team. And I think this what gets lost on Blue Jays fans is that as soon as Shapiro and Atkins came in, Shapiro specifically said, this is what we want to do. We're trying to build a sustainable contending team. And I think what frustrates Blue Jays fans is you can't do that Without, you know, kind of tanking for at first, like, or, or just like not exceeding expectations. What's crazy about this is with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. here right now, with Stroman pitching well, with Sanchez, knock on desk, not having a blister issue, and X, even though I just put it out into the universe, he probably will. Um, it's crazy that everything is kind of clicking for this team, you know, save for Devin Travis and, you know, save for unfortunately, Matt Shoemaker, things are still okay. Again, only April. So when you have a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on this team to sort of boost that and to give this team a nice little jump start and a kick, I think that adds value in and of itself.
1: Yeah. Uh, the the fact that the Blue Jays have been able to sort of, quote-unquote, avoid the injury bug for majority of the roster, obviously Matt Shoemaker over the year, torn ACL, Devin Travis, in my opinion, I don't think he's ever going to play another game in a Blue Jays uniform. Probably not, personally. No. Yeah, um, which is really sad because I do like him. But um, the emergence of guys like who we've talked about, Eric Sogard, there's Brandon Drury, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Freddie Galvis, Bo Bichette, uh, Kevin Biggio can play infield and outfield as we've seen in the minors. So haven't even talked t-
0: about Richard Urania.
1: Right, yeah, Richard Urania, who yeah. seems to be the guy who gets bumped up and down, I think that their reasoning was because they wanted him to get constant playing time and not be on the bench. So, if that's the rationale, I'm fine with it. But those are what I list. Six, seven guys that I'm confident with in the infield and I think that the Blue Jays front office and management staff are too. And that unfortunately unfortunately leaves Devin Travis on the outside looking in. Uh, And I wish him nothing but the best and I hope I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that he recovers, and I hope that he comes back and he's like, fuck all you. I'm, I'm hitting 320, and I'm going to hit 30 home runs, and I'm going to steal <laughs> bases, and I'm going to be Iron Man. No one's going to stop me all okay, And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, bad analogy. But, um, you know, the fact that Devin Travis has gone through so much and then it's almost sort of delayed his grand opening of, of sorts quote unquote, where he's like, this is what I can do for a full year. Look at me. But now we have all these other guys who are like, I'm we're excited. Even Logan Warmoth. I haven't even talked about him. That's another prospect that, that can come up in a, in a year or two. So there's too much infield log jam. Obviously most of those pieces will probably be moved for pitching prospects or for, uh, it, it, to use as a rental piece for someone to move off or the Jason G- move off a guy for one year uh, to get something back in return, whatever. There's too much infield depth right now for Devin Travis, I think to go above everybody else. Unfortunately, it's really sad. When
0: is the last time you have described the Blue Jays having quote unquote, too much infield depth? Never. Right? Never. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. To, yeah. And that is, you know, outside of starting pitching, which I hope they address, Having a lot of, like, second base and shortstop, especially the -the up-the-middle positions, that is valuable. valuable. Especially when you have good ones. Good ones, too, man. Like, Freddie Galvis has been pretty good for this team. Like, yes, he got hurt a little bit, and he had a little setback. But still, having that veteran presence on this team on a cheap deal, producing, outproducing that contract right now, that is valuable for this team. And so, you're right. When you have this logjam of infield depth... You're going to have to eventually move it. You have to. Like they all can't come up at once and play the same position. They just can't. Um, I do agree with you that I don't think Devin Travis will play another game in a Blue Jays uniform. I don't think it's wise that he does because, quite frankly, I don't know that he's earned the right to, you know, be the de facto second baseman moving forward. That says nothing ill about his talents. I'm sure he, you know, on paper, he could be a very talented paper, but I just don't trust his health and longevity. So having said that, I think you have these crop of players that will either be mainstays for this team or will be flipped. And when you flip them, and especially for starting pitching, my God, this team is going to be great. And it's all anchored on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which is, look, this is what we've been waiting for. We've been, all last season, I had to come up with podcast episodes that didn't, re-examine so when do you think vladimir guerrero jr is coming up like for the the best part about this at least for my avenue here is i just don't have to talk about it anymore like it's it's happening it's here it's arrived so on that aspect i really hope that he hits the ground running do i expect some sort of setbacks in the beginning i do there is some adjustments that he's going to have to make because let's face it triple a pitching compared to you know majors the bigs pitching it's a jump right and i don't care how good you are you're still going to have to adjust mike trout had to adjust he in fact he had to be sent back down to in order to you know get that rhythm get that timing back i don't think vladimir Guerrero junior is going to be a victim of the same circumstances but at the same time i don't want people to expect him to come out the gate and bat like 350 it's just not going to happen
1: no it's like like i said earlier it's, it's unrealistic you you can't you can't expect that especially going up to This is the biggest jump of pitching, right? From AAA to uh, ma- Major League level. Mm-hmm. The guys here, they're professionals for a reason. And they are the top tier above anyone else. So going from C tier to B tier is not necessarily as big of a jump as compared to B tier to A tier. These guys are masters of deception. They know exactly what pitch to throw. They know exactly what pitch you're thinking that they're going to throw and they're going to throw the opposite pitch. Um, it's going to take a little bit for Vladdy to adjust. I don't think he's going to be sent back down regardless of how much he struggles. If he gets sent back down, I think somebody will probably burn the Roger center to the ground. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't think it withstands a Vladimir Guerrero junior demotion. There's zero chance. Um, but I think, I think it's imperative for him. He's around guys that are good, yeah. good clubhouse guys, good veterans. It's look at who he's playing beside Freddie Galvis. Not a not a star. He's not he's not the the uh, prime Troy Tulowitzki esque player. Right defensive uh, glove glove gaudy. He can hit for power. Just he's a good veteran, like what we talked about, veteran player, but can calm down Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on that side and provide him with the stability of saying, "Hey man, you handle your hot corner." And I will take care of everything else. And you don't have to worry about overranging or overextending. Like, I got you. You're my boy, right? Like You know what I mean? Right, like right. The, the, the chemistry that's there, if he can get settled in on that defensive end, maybe it helps him in the box. I don't know. Uh, that's, just, that's just a thought. But the fact that he's there, you have a guy like that, as opposed to uh, rotating doors of rookies or, or rotating door of people that aren't good defensively. Let's say if you had a like a Jose Reyes of three, two, three years ago where the guy's bobbling everything, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is probably going, Oh shit, I, a ball hit on this side. I got to range over. Otherwise, we're yeah. fucked. Right. I think that that really helps. So um, I'm hoping that for his sake, the veterans in the clubhouse are going to talk to him and say, Hey, man, like just don't worry about it. Like you go out, you do you. We'll take care of us. We'll take care of you. Just make sure you you're calm and you're in the right mindset. Whatever you need from us, like we'll we'll do we'll do for you. If you don't want us to talk to you, we won't talk to you. If you want us to talk to you, we'll talk to you. Right. Um, I think that that's really important, and I think that the Blue Jays understood that, especially Shapiro Atkins and Charlie Montoyo, of when he was selecting the roster. So overall, with that, I'm I'm happy with the personnel that they have in Vladimir's first year to make him become eventually that clubhouse leader, that veteran that can pass on stuff to um, his peers, his, his youngers that come through in the system a year, two years, three years down the road. Uh, The group that they have now is a perfect group for Vladimir Guerrero Jr.
0: The only thing that I hope, well, not the only thing, the biggest thing that I hope the, especially Montoyo does is put him in a position to succeed and so far in the batting order, I haven't seen it. Mm. Um, I would much rather him bat before Justin Smoke, so they're not just pitching around Guerrero. Like you, you kind of want to have him hit in front of a, a very good power hitter, like sort of that Donaldson, Bautista, Edwin kind of philosophy. Um, right now he's batting after Teles and before Drury, and we're gonna touch on Drury in a bit. But he's been good. Don't get me wrong, Brandon Drury, but he's not. Scary, like maybe a Justin Smoke is. Justin Smoke is a very good hitter, so I just feel like it will be beneficial for Vladi to get the looks that you know we all anticipate that he's going to get if he's hitting in front of someone a little bit better, and that involves Charlie Montoyo putting him a little earlier in the lineup just so that success can come a little bit quicker.
1: I agree. I understand why he's not putting him in the four spot. I know he did in the second game. Um, yeah. But I understand why he's not putting him in the fourth spot right now. I get it. Um, I would like to see him bat second or third as well. So I'm completely on board with you there. Especially, I'd like to see him exactly what you said in front of Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke, then knowing that he's right behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and then maybe you have another power bat or really good hitter behind Justin Smoke. It's like, okay, I have to pitch to Vladdy because if I, if I don't, I have to pitch to Justin Smoke, And then if I don't, I got two runners on. I have to face this guy right and that, And yeah. that was the beauty of the trio of Donaldson, Bautista, and Carnacion. Because it's like, well, shit, I have to pitch to Donaldson. Oh, I pitched around him. Great. I have to pitch to Bautista. Oh, no. Okay, I pitched around him. I got two runners on. and is going to bomb me. And now I got three runs that are against me. So um, I, I like to see the same sort of mentality implemented uh, for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I think that batting fifth or sixth is not, I know he hasn't batted sixth yet, but just more in that bottom of the order is not good. I'd rather see him bat second or third as opposed to fifth.
0: I get that they're trying to be consistent with it, or at least Montoyo is, by, you know, say for that one time that he was batting fourth, um, he's been batting fifth exclusively. I just don't think that he belongs there. I think that, you know, if you did something like uh, in a perfect world, like so, Sogard's healthy. You put Sogard at the one. Um, I I guess Galvis would be your two. Um, Yes, but
1: that's that's the name that came to my head, maybe. Or you could even do like a Gritchuk.
0: Or that, yeah. Maybe. Like Um, Randall,
1: I guess. I don't know.
0: Then you have uh, Vlad as your three, smoke yeah. as your four, Drury yeah. as your five. Because yeah. Drury's kind of humming right now. So yeah. that's a nice little trio right there. And then you just worry about the rest. Like six to nine. Six, yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: And then and when when Telez when Telez is bad as going, it's going. Like he right. can be a good hitter when he's on. He's not right now, unfortunately, but he can be a, a good hitter when he's on. And then seven to nine he plug and play seven could be Teoscar Hernandez, who we've seen swing a hot bat at at, at times with the Blue Jays. Right, Uh, eight. Danny Jansen. That's a pretty good eight hitter. And then nine is uh, who? who (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! The the guy who should be out of the league. Yeah. At number nine, so that's pretty good. Like for for all intents and purposes, and for the fact that we don't have besides Vladdy Junior a true superstar by name. That's a pretty decent batting order. Especially when the guys that we know can hit start hitting,
0: yeah, it's not. I that. mean, in, in all honesty, I take out Brito and put McKinney there, but that's. Oh just
1: yeah, but remember. like I would, I would too. Brito's dog shit. Guys yeah. sucks. I don't know. We traded for that guy.
0: <sighs> no, well, we traded for Juan DePolo. Yeah, that's no, what we we, did. D-
1: we definitely traded for Juan DePolo. Anything else was, um, they could have traded a bag of balls. Would have had the same effect. But I don't yeah. know why we don't owe this guy anything, man. We are trying to create a, a, a roster spot by tr- by trading away Kevin Plawe. We don't owe Socrates Burrito nothing.
0: Wake yeah, up. I agree. I agree. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> um. So, someone that might be unhappy about the arrival of Laddie is Brandon Jury, and I don't mean that in the sense of he's not a team guy. I just think it lacks stability and stagnation for Drury at third. There's something to be said about maintaining a routine, especially in baseball. And in that sense, maybe Drury is like, well, fuck, what am I going to do now? But even with Vladdy up here, Drury has been more than serviceable, right? Especially over the last 10 games, he's had a line. Again, we're recording this Wednesday evening. So anything that happens 10 o'clock tonight, I don't know. I can't predict the future. But as of right now, 836 on Wednesday evening, over the last ten games, he's had a line of three thirty three, three eighty one, seven ninety five, with an OPS of one point one seven six. That's
1: stupid.
0: It's ridiculous. That's stupid. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sold that this type of production is sustainable. No, nope. but you gotta like what he's doing for this team. He even played right field last night, so he's sort of that super utility, quote unquote, that the Blue Jays have been looking for ever since we couldn't get Ben Zobrist. So, having said that, I do think that he's going to remain on this team. It's just a matter of if these players that are consistently playing these positions, like, I don't know, maybe McKinney gets hot in left field or Tay Oscar gets hot in left field or McKinney gets hot in right field or what have you, or maybe Sogard remains hot and stops getting sick at second. I don't know where you exactly put him, but if he's hitting like this and he's raking, the Blue Jays certainly have to try.
1: They they have to. He's he's almost like in a player that I really wanted in the off-season for the Blue Jays to get was Marvin Gonzalez. Yeah. Because he is that super utility guy. And Brandon Drury, while obviously not as super utility as Marvin Gonzalez, playing essentially every single position throughout the year, um, he's showing that he's got flexibility. He's already played third base. He's played second base. He's played right field. Um, There might be another position or two that I'm missing. I'm not sure. Maybe he played short. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. But he's showing that a he's a team player by saying no like coach leave me in i will play wherever and i will do whatever it takes to to allow for others to flourish and be successful i know i'll get my own and i know i'm gonna, i'm confident in myself to get it And every time he hits a home run he rounds third base and luis rivera right he looks at him and he, and he points to his head because everything that he was doing before him was struggling, it was all mental. Right. And now he has that confidence and he's like, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna crush bombs. And now I know I'm confident in myself to hit it and I know that I'm gonna produce. I know I'm gonna go out there and positively contribute to the team. You need, you need guys like that on your team. Brandon Drury has won me over this year. I've always liked him, but we didn't see much of him last year just because he was hurt. So I never really got a true a true glimpse or or, a true look into seeing what brain injury could contribute to the Toronto blue Jays. But from what I've seen this year, I am pleasantly surprised and I hope that it keeps up. Will he have an OPS of 1100? No. Throughout the course of the year. No, no, but it's, it's, that's, that's a really good number considering the fact that he was pretty bad to start the year. He was not good. So you have to respect what he's done and his willingness to a not place a, a set position day in and day out, and b still give you positive at bats. That's that's pretty good. That's a, a prime Ben Zobrist, uh, a Marwin Gonzalez esque player that every it seems like every championship team needs a guy like that to plug and play. Especially if you're going to be doing uh, substitutions in the bench rotations. Uh, when you're pinch runners or, or when you get into the national league, when you start uh, doing pinch hits and, and stuff like that, you need guys like that. You need to have that flexibility.
0: You weren't uh, incorrect with the positions that you said he played. He's played 23 games at third, four at second and only one in right field. So those are the yeah, last, last thing. Yeah. Yeah. that's the extent of the positions that he's played, but you're right. Um, it's incredible for me. And this is where I give him a lot of credit um, with the, the the constant shifting of him right now. Like, I, he may not know where he's going to play on a given day. That tends to bleed into the minds of players. In other words, baseball is a very mental game. We know this. And if you're struggling in the field, especially if it's not a position that you're familiar with, that tends to carry over to the plate, and then you get into these slumps. Um, you got to give him credit that they're just kind of tossing him around just to keep his bat in the lineup, and he's still performing. The kid's 26, right? So he does still have a very good future on his way. In fact, tonight he's playing second base, so there's another game at second right there. That's his fifth. Um, he, he could be a nice addition to this team moving forward as that utility guy. The problem is is that we got a guy like Richard Urania, who does the same thing. We have a guy like Lourdes Gurriel, who's not so great at second base, but if they can sort of hone that craft, he'll be able to produce because he's, I think, like, in terms of the ceiling, Gurriel's ceiling might be a little higher than Drury's. I could be wrong about that.
1: Yeah, I, I think so.
0: So having said that, maybe Drury is a nice little trade ship? Yeah. I, I, th-
1: I think that essentially that was what the Blue Jays had envisioned for Brandon Drury when they, when they traded for him from the Yankees and they got McKinney. I think that they thought McKinney might be a piece that they could have as a option in outfield or a bench piece when they start to make a championship run, but I think that they always thought the Jury was going to be more of a placeholder until Vladimir Guerrero Jr. got here or maybe move him to second and then if he starts having success throughout the year they can trade him. I don't I never think I don't think that the Blue Jays ever thought that he would be a part of their future plans, but He is making it a lot more difficult for the Blue Jays to move off of him in that same breath and from what we've been hearing from other reports and I know we'll talk about it um, these players are playing at a high level which could yield a pretty big return and when it's a game of asset management he could be a casualty of war. So it wouldn't surprise me either way at this point what happens to Brandon Drury but he could definitely um, he he could make a case to the Blue Jays that they're like we there's nothing that the market's not worth what we envision Brandon Drury to be and we like to hold on to him or the market's just right for the Blue Jays and they say we got to make this deal now we have a plethora of infielders so we're fine moving off of him whatever they decide to do I think ultimately the market's going to dictate what they're going to do with Brandon Drury.
0: Well, segue activated. Let's let's get into this trade talk because yeah. I think this is uh, this is interesting. Um, recently Ken Rosenthal said that, you know, his sources tell him that the Jays will be looking to trade Stroman, Sanchez, and Justin Smoke this season in order to load the, up the team with players that are closer to Vladdy's age. We've theorized before that it was probably going to be only one of Sanchez and Stroman, but now it's both apparently, which is kind of bold. However, Ken Rosenthal has his finger on the pulse, so I do trust his sources. That being said, are you buying this?
1: Uh, it is like you said. It's Ken Rosenthal, right? Right. That's that's like the woge of basketball. I didn't envision the Blue Jays moving off of Stroman and Sanchez. I thought that they would pick one and to build around the them, other. yeah, right, and say, okay, well, the other you you can go. I think that they're both in an age where you can still not trade either and build around them. It just, it depends on what the blue Jays want to do. And again, talking about the market, if the market says, okay, for Marcus Strowman, if he keep, relatively keeps up the numbers, he's producing, he's an early Cy Young candidate. Um, to get an, to get a Cy Young candidate type of player pitcher at the trade deadline, you're going to get a massive haul back. Oh yeah. Um, Especially for that team that's that's pushing. That might not be something that you can pass up, especially if you if you're sick of Strowman's antics, if you don't think that he's gonna repeat his success, if you're scared of Aaron Sanchez's blister issues, nail issues, and he's pitching well to start the year and some other team wants to take on the risk, then you then then you ha- then you have to do it. If those concerns are in your head and you're not sure and some team goes, we'll give you prospect 2, 5, and 8 for Marcus Stroman, we'll give you prospect 3, and 10, uh, and 20 for Aaron Sanchez, they'll probably do it. So I just thought that they would go one direction or the other. I didn't think that they would do both. But I think it's going to be a tougher sell if they're right in the thick of a wild card, uh, especially since the attendance at the Rogers Center has not been great. Has been pretty poor. <laughs> you can hear crickets sometimes in the Rogers yeah. Center, which is sad. Except but, for Friday. Yeah except, yeah, except for Friday. Yeah, honestly, that was even even at that. I remember I was talking to my mom. She thought it would be a, a sold out crowd. And I was like, no. And yeah. she goes, well, I remember she goes, well, if Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s first game can't sell out a crowd, then what the hell else are you going to do? postseason <laughs> I'm like, post yeah? I'm like it's I'm like you have to make the postseason you have winning trumps everything in this city. oh yeah once you start winning they come out like cockroaches and then they all fill the stadium and that's it. I don't want to call our fans cockroaches that's really bad, that's a bad <laughs> analogy. but you get what I mean they all come out of the woodwork and they're like oh well, yeah the Jays are winning that's great because there's already so much going on in this city. there's already so much to talk about there's already so much attention in the sporting world. For Toronto, that the Blue Jays were at the pinnacle, and now they're not. They have to get back up there, and the only way to do that is to win. So hopefully, they can get back up there. Justin Smoke, I always envisioned him being traded. His contract is stupid good.
0: Eight million, yeah,
1: yeah, eight million. We signed him uh, in 2016. We signed him that that the contract that year was 3.9 million. 2017 was 4.125, and so was 2018 was 4.125. With the option for this year. It was three year plus an option. Yep. And when they announced that deal, that was in 2016 when they announced that deal. And I remember going on the radio when it happened. I was driving home from work. And fans calling in, Shackins are garbage. You're giving this guy money. This guy blows. This guy's shit. What are you doing with it? Like, why is this guy still on the team? Get rid of this bum. Asset manager, man, if you can get a guy yeah. for cheap that has a potential of being a good bat and you've seen it and was always highly touted, you do it Look, like his contract is so good. There will be teams, especially teams that aren't big buyers salary wise in the market that will want to offer you something for Justin smoke. Your options for teams now have expanded immensely. Because of the fact that there's, if there's someone that's competing that doesn't have a high payroll, can go after a guy like Justin Smoke. They can't go after the guy that's making $30 million and then you prorate it by the time you get to July. They still don't have that flexibility. You can get Justin Smoke for a playoff run for under $4 million. Yep. That is really good. (laughs) Yeah. That's really good. And that's a great sell to your fan base. We have Justin Smoke. That guy, that guy's a that guy's a switch hitter for power. That is that is something that you desire for a playoff run. A switch hitter for power, and a guy whose his his understanding of the zone has improved so much over the last two three years, where now he doesn't swing at complete garbage. He understands where pitches are coming, and he has an ability of of locating the pitches in his zone, as opposed to not swinging every ball in the dirt. A guy like that is so valuable at that price tag. So to me, seeing that, there is, I, I, there is no way that the Blue Jays were were going to hold on to him for another year. I, I didn't think so. Uh, I thought that right. they would flip him and then flip one of Stroman or Sanchez and keep the other. But if they're going to do all three, it doesn't surprise me. If they they decide to hold on to all three, depending on where the Blue Jays are in the standings, again, wouldn't surprise me. But it's going to make for a very interesting few months.
0: It's interesting because right now uh, we're ahead of the Red Sox in the standings. Red Sox are in fourth place, and the Rays are the top-tier team in the AL East. I don't know how sustainable that is. But last time I checked, this guy named Chris Sale hasn't been pitching that well. And the uh, Red Sox really rely on him to pitch well for success. So if there is this sort of window to compete, that the Blue Jays can take advantage of, I think they stand pat and wait to see what they can do in the offseason. When it comes to Sanchez and Strowman, I think, yes, Justin Smoke, if you can flip him, sort of like uh, what they did with Drew Hudson uh, a couple years back um, for Francisco, who was it? Liriano. Um, Yeah, Francisco Liriano. And then they flipped him for uh, Teoscar Hernandez.
1: Well, they also also got two prospects in that Liriano trade, too.
0: Oh, there you go. Reese so,
1: McGuire and uh someone else and then and then Trey Liriano away for Tiasca Hernandez. So they essentially they essentially got three prospects for Drew Hutchison, which is yeah. great asset management.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and word. if you can if you can do somewhat the same for Justin Smoke for a team in need of power hitting, because look, I know the name of the game for the Blue Jays for the past couple of years has always been power hitting, but right now I'd rather see them, you know, not rely so much on hitting for power, but for you know just getting a good wood on the on the ball and just hitting for more for placement. I think that is a better recipe to win. So if you have a plethora of these power hitters, like if Tellez gets right and Vladdy starts to get rolling, and if Biggio gets called up, th- those are your three power hitters right there. You'll be fine. So you can afford at that point to lend away a Justin Smoke for maybe a lower-tier arm. You're not going to get much. You're really not. But you might be able to get a nice little prospect piece, like a pitching arm in the A system. That could maybe be something in years to come. I don't know. But when it comes to Stroman and Sanchez, it's really difficult right now because Stroman is just pitching so well. Like, I, I don't know how sustainable this is, but his ERA is a 1.43. He's given up zero home runs so far. Zero. Not one. In the hitter's Six ballpark. Games. Yeah, not one, not a single home run. Um, he was cooking on Friday, and it—I it, felt kind of bad because all the focus was on Vladdy. But Stroman was awesome. He was dealing on Friday night. Um, I've been on record to say that I'd rather keep Sanchez, only because I think Sanchez, in a vacuum, has better stuff than Stroman. But now, given the longevity issues that Sanchez has with his fingers, we had that scare with the fingernail. I don't know if I want to mess with that anymore. So I'm of the opinion that maybe now is the time to maybe even extend Marcus Stroman.
1: What? Yeah. What? No (laughs) way, man. What? You you flipped? That's a 180. We should call Tony Hawk see if he's got any any, (laughs) any tricks for 180s. Oh my God. Okay. Um, I I respect that you've come out and you've you've said that you're on that side and you've like owned up to flipping. Um, I think if I had the perspective that you do, uh, well,
0: hold on, hold on. Let me interrupt you right there. Antics on the microphone aside. Yes. All right. Like from Marcus. I'm just talking about pure stuff. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Um, the, the perspective, I mean, for, well, I guess you, you still have to put that in You still have to keep that in consideration. No, like,
0: no, but you can, you can neutralize that.
1: No, you can't. You can't. You can't neutralize Strowman's antics.
0: You can't neutralize his social media, but you can neutralize like you cannot no longer badmouth this organization. We're giving you this extension. This is like not written in the contract, but please don't badmouth us on the, on the microphone. Him,
1: like, he's gonna, he's still gonna come out every year. He comes out and he's like, "Jays should sign Adam Jones. Jays need vets." Like, <laughs> he's, he says, he says this like he says one or two dumb lines every year. And it's it's you can almost make a bet with Vegas on it and win money on the over under of 1.5 of dumb shit Strowman says between February and April. And yeah, but okay, but
0: so, like, uh, so
1: I, I just, are I just,
0: we still thinking about
1: that? Yeah, though? no, I think I think that I think you have to because when the year's over and if Strowman struggles a little bit to end the year and then he says something dumb, uh, he has one more year of arbitration, correct? Him and Strowman, have one more mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. go in our arbitration process again. Yo, my worth is way more in this team ball, and then you hear it over again.
0: And then he didn't complain this year.
1: No, he didn't because he got his. He basically got what he wanted.
0: Yeah, and, but we'll buy those out and extend them. Uh, I, I don't, I don't
1: see. Listen, I just don't know. I, I think that Marcus Stroman loves Toronto, and I don't think that the Jays love him back. I think this is a very one-sided relationship, and um, I think that Shapiro and Atkins look at look at how they speak. Like, look at how they talk. They they look at what Strowman's saying and they're like, dude, shut the fuck up. You are, you, like, this is not what we want to preach as a Blue Jays organization. When they talk, Atkins is like a robot. Well, you know, we have to analyze all of our, right? He's so robotic, and then Shapiro does the workaround, like, his dad was a lawyer, so he does the whole workaround of, uh, he says things without saying things. And then you have Marcus Strowman, who's like, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna say it like this, blah, 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 blah. And and it's two it's two different personalities. I just don't think that they like it, and I think they want to move off of him. Um, I think that he will be dealt. Uh Aaron Sanchez, I think that if you're worried about his longevity, um, I think then that that solves the argument right there. You have to trade both. I don't think I don't think that this team is going to sign Marcus Strowman, even if he won the Cy Young this year, I think they'd trade him.
0: You wanna know what cures all that even with Strowman?
1: Even if they win the Scion, they're he, they're gonna You wanna try. know
0: what cures all that with Strowman? Winning. Winning. Money. Winning. Winning. Money. If we're winning money. okay, winning and money. If if the blue jays are winning if the blue yeah. jays are winning, he's not asking to make moves. He's not yeah he's not making these right. uh analytic claims of we need to be put in a position to win because we're winning. Right, and if yes. if you didn't hear him say anything like that in 2015, so if in the event that a uh, Sanchez and Smoke get dealt for younger chips to boost the system, or maybe someone that's major league ready in the rotation, maybe that can like, I don't know, sort of blossom this team quicker because right now we severely need help with our pitching depth and as yes. minor leagues up. Like Nate Pearson's not coming up tomorrow. He's not. He's not even coming up next year. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, Pardino's not coming up anytime soon either. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, where's uh, side note? Where's Baraki? Like, <laughs>
0: remember two starts? Do we
1: <laughs> do we know? Like, two starts tops.
0: He's gonna miss. Uh,
1: it's May first. Jesus, I, I thought. Yeah, that was that was May first. Where is like like what's his what's his prognosis? I haven't heard. I've heard
0: boo now about I don't him. Think, I don't know what. Don't, don't know. Don't they, know. They're <gasps> really good at keeping it under wraps. Yeah, it pisses me I off. I know.
1: <laughs> I know, but that's
0: that's always been that's, the Blue Jays' way, weird. man. No pun intended. Yeah, but yes. um, <laughs> look, I think that if he's if he's able to tone it down a little bit in terms of bad mouthing the organization during spring training, or maybe they can just like look at it as parents to be like, yeah, man, whatever, say what you got to say. Here you go. Just sure. just here's the ball and pitch. I I think maybe they'll take that approach, but it's going to be really hard for the front office to deal away someone. That has been super productive for this team, especially if they take uh, if they turn the corner, not turn the corner sharply and start winning enough to like push for the division. But if there's a legitimate shot that they can push for a second wild card, it's going to be really hard to sell to fans and to anybody that you're going to trade away your best pitcher. That's a really, especially with the depth as we described it, it's a really tough sell. Like you, you got away with Roberto Osuna. And and I agree with the dis- decision, but because of his off-the-field antics and his terrible behavior, you got away with the Josh Donaldson thing because he just wasn't right last year. He looked like shit. You got away with not signing Edwin because he wanted too much money, and it looked really bad when he went to Cleveland, but, you know, whatever. Like, people got over it. And you got away with not re-signing Bautista because he had a nice little send-off with that one-year deal, and people recognized you're not the player that you used to be. These things, I don't know that you can attribute that to trading away a Marcus Stroman. I don't know that that is in line with this consistent contender that they have preached. You have a bird in hand right now. I don't think he's going to take a hometown discount, but I do think Stroman is smart enough to recognize the market around him. And he's seeing a Dallas Keuchel, and he's saying, that could be me. And more and more players are saying, I need to lock up right now. You're seeing a lot more extensions. And maybe with less money that they envision that they deserve. I don't see that as something that's going to be an issue for Stroman. Like if the Blue Jays come out and say, yo, four years, 60. I think he takes it.
1: Four years, 60? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's more of a... a yeah, and you're also buying out an Arbier yep if you do that so with that considered
0: let's go 480. yeah
1: yeah, i would i would say probably more 480 i think that that's more of an indication of where the pitching market is i think 460 is a little low i think that he wouldn't take that but you are buying out an arbier so that has to be taken into consideration um i think that he would do that and if it's if the money makes sense yeah the jays might do it too I just don't think if, if Stroman comes up and he's like, I want 25 million a year for five or six years. Peace
0: out, bro. Later. Good luck. Good luck.
1: You're right. You're not going to get that.
0: He'll be 30 our- when that happens. Yeah. yeah. He's not getting that. No, no. You know what I mean? And th- this yeah. is where I think that the blue Jays have the advantage. Like right now, say is 20. He's going to be 29 next year. They buy out that year of arbitration. Four year deal starts right then. Right. He'll yeah. be 33 when that's over. You don't have to extend I don't want a pitcher past 33, especially, like, with big money. Go go away. It's fine.
1: Bartolo Colon, bro. Yeah, well, well, maybe him. <laughs> but sexy, like,
0: yeah, it's true. But, like, you, you have this available for you right now, and I think that contracts are getting cheaper. And if Strowman really wants to stay here, as he claims – the Blue Jays front office can sort of use that to their advantage and say, "Look, this is what you said. You said you want to be here. You said this is so rare that people want to be here. Be the example. Here's a pen."
1: Yeah, uh, he has he has a tattoo of Toronto like on his. That's what I'm saying, or dude, something like that or on his chest or whatever.
0: I think it's on his chest. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: some somewhere on the front of his
0: or body. rib cage or something. No, it's yeah.
1: A, yeah, it's like it's like across his body. It's either on his chest or his, or his yeah ribs, abdomen. Either way. I think that he really does love the city. I think he embraces it. But to your point about fans not, so, I I, th- I think that fans would be divided as they've always been divided on Strowman. Um, I think that he has he has a f- passionate fan base of supporters, and he also has a passionate fan base of haters, and mm-hmm. those will never go away, depending on whether he plays in Toronto or not. Uh, he's he's done some controversial things. He's uh, said some controversial things. So it's already, he's already built that divide. And if he were to get moved, you would have people saying great, good riddance. I don't care how successful you were. You've done X, Y, and Z. So I'm just glad I don't want to support you anymore. And then there's going to be people are like, are you stupid? You trade away a Cy Young candidate Cy Young winner, depending on where he was and an ace of a rotation. Uh, I'm never watching another Blue Jays game again. You will have that divide, and I don't think that it's going to be something like what a Bautista would be, right? When if we had trade away Bautista at the end of his year or whatever, when we didn't give him that one year and not bring him back, and I think every single Blue Jays fan would have been like, "Okay, hold up for a second, what are you doing? That's that's unacceptable. Like at least give him a send off, at least whatever." Blah blah. blah. I don't think that there is that same support for Marcus Stroman. That's just all I wanted to say about that.
0: Yeah, but I do think it also depends on the state that the Blue Jays will be in. Like if they're sure. losing, I think it's easier to swallow. But if sure. they're winning and there's a legitimate shot for like a second wild card, you can't do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's going to be interesting. I don't know. I I do think that more and more Stroman is proving his worth here and they, you know, I I can it, you just gotta remind yourself when people say stupid shit, it's it's big news for like a day. Yes. You know, and then like, especially with someone with talent, and then they go out and prove that they're one of the best in the world. Like, look at Kevin Durant. He says stupid shit all the time. Look at oh. Kyrie Irving, like saying I, the world is flat, stupid shit all the time. <laughs> but when he plays, you're like, I kind of would like that guy on my team. <laughs> you're like,
1: you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, look at look at Kawhi Leonard. It says dumb shit all the time.
0: Yeah, he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, like, it's things like that. The These yes, yeah. type of situations you can sort of mend and you can sort of look behind if he's pitching well. Now, if he wasn't pitching well, I, I want none out of it because that's like a double whammy right there. Sure. But seeing as always that he's pitching very well, like his, his numbers speak for themselves – I don't know. I again I don't know how sustainable this is. I think it is rather sustainable because he's proven that he could be this the Cy Young candidate, especially what was two thousand seventeen. He finished eighth in Cy Young candidacy. It's pretty good. So if if, if this can continue if he's this pitcher through and through, he's throwing less fastballs, more breaking pitches, which is a great sign that he's trusting his other stuff. Yeah. Man, I, I, I think that the Blue Jays would be dumb to not extend him and not to keep him if they're in contention.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see them offering an extension and then almost seeing where they are next year and then saying, look, you can get a Strowman, a good Strowman for three years at this dollar. It's certainty of the contracting and cost. Uh, what are you going to give us back? I I could see them doing that as well. There's a lot of different avenues the Blue Jays can explore with Strowman and Sanchez, but they would be they would be dumb not to at least field calls. So
0: yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Either that way. yeah. It, if anything else, it gives us a lot of talking points from now until July. So I've never
1: been, I, I haven't been excited to talk Blue this. Like, I haven't been this excited to talk Blue Jays and. God knows a long time.
0: Happened. Yeah, yeah, I know. Ever it's,
1: since the end of a, 2016, probably.
0: It's a new day, man. Yes. Even with the the Raptors hype around us, and unfortunately the Leafs got knocked off, but still there was that playoff hype. Whatever. People were still talking Blue Jays, which is great. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's,
1: it's still it's still making its rounds, which is really positive. Uh, obviously, these West Coast games don't help anybody, especially your dad time. But <laughs> um, you know, it's it's great for the Blue Jays that they have a guy like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. To sort of start the conversation and then say, oh, have you seen Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez? Have you seen uh, this kid, Freddie Galvis? Have you seen uh, Eric Solgaard? Have you seen blah, 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 Brandon Drury, Clutch Guy? Right. And then all these talking points start to happen. And then you find yourself an hour and 10 minutes in having a conversation about the Toronto Blue Jays.
0: It's incredible. Um, speaking of that West Coast swing, let's get into predictions. Um, as I mentioned, they're in the middle of the Anaheim series. So let's go to Texas this weekend. They travel there for three games. Texas is now one game under 500 after dropping a game today. They're 14 and 15, and they are third in the AL West. They are very similar to the Jays in that regard. That being said, I fucking hate Texas. You two did, out of three. You
1: despise them. You despise them. Hate I them. remember. I remember when we were on the when I think you were on my podcast or I was on. I can't remember which one we we're on now. And we were talking about Texas, and you're like, fuck them. They Fuck sucked. Texas. Yeah, sixty wins. You were just not. You were not about them. You're like this team is dog shit. I hate them. Um, I love your passion of of hatred for the Texas Rangers, which I shared. Not to maybe your extent, but I really do not like the Texas Rangers. Uh, obviously, with our history with them, they can go fly a kite. Uh, if if they if they dismantled as a team tomorrow, I think the league would be greater. Two out of three.
0: Yep. Same. All right. Um. Jays travel back home to host Minnesota for three starting, I want to say Monday. Uh, Minnesota is cooking right now. The first in the central 17 and 10 is their record. That being said, one out of three for the Jays.
1: Um. I think that the Jays, even though they, the Minnesota, even though Minnesota is cooking, I think that the Jays, when they want to, they can, they can play well against Minnesota. Um, and I know that Minnesota on paper, especially like record wise is the better team. I'm going to take two out of three with the Jays. Ooh. I think that they're going to figure something out. They're going to come back from this road trip, be a little bit more energized and uh, have something to prove. And it's going to be two out of three uh, against a uh, cooking team like the Minnesota twins.
0: Lastly, they host the Chicago white Sox for a weekend series. Um, they're off Thursday. So heading into Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the shy socks again, Shy Sox are fourth in the central record of 12 and 14 and not too far off from the Jays, but I do think the Jays, their overall talent will uh, boost them in the series. I'm going two out of three.
1: I'm debating. Uh, Yeah, I'll go two out of three. I I wanted to say sweep because Toronto, Toronto does play They've been, they've been so hot and cold with the white Sox. Sometimes they'll sweep them and sometimes they'll get swept, but um, I'll take two out of three against the White Sox. Uh, I think that they'll be able to pull out. Uh, I think that the White Sox will take Game One or Game Three, uh, one of the two. I think the Jays take the rest. But um, I think that this is the stretch where the Jays, you know what? LA has kind of been off to a slow start. I know they got the. I know LA got the win last night. But they've been off to a bit of a slow start. You got Texas, who I just don't believe in, as neither do you. We have hatred towards them. I think the Jays do too. I don't think that's not. I don't think it's going to leave for at least another decade, regardless of whether Jose Bautista's on this team or not. It's ingrained in them. I think they'll take two out of three, and then uh, with the Minnesota trip, they got something to prove. Two out of three. I think they're just going to be cooking. I think they're going to be winning W's, W's, W's. They're going to be taking series. They're going to be showing the league, hey, we're for real. Come to play. It'll be a couple games over 500 by the time the Chicago White Sox series is over.
0: The reason why I had them dropping one against Texas and one against Chicago is that fifth starter issue. We still don't know what they're going to do. me too. You know, so they're probably going to go with an opener, uh, especially if they go with like a Panone to start. I don't like that at all. I think he's been very good out of the bullpen. Fellow Rhode Island native right there. So shout out to Mm -hmm. Thomas Panone. But um. Uh, I don't know. I think those are the games that are going to be hiccups. So th- those fall on the Texas series and the Chicago series. So for that reason, I think they're only going to take two out of those three, respectively. As well. But still, yeah. look, so I got, what, five out of nine? That's that's still a pretty good trip. Yeah, I got six out of nine. It's good, man. You know,
1: It's not bad. I'll take it.
0: All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for today. It's good that we can go over an hour talking about Blue Jays. I don't know when, when the last time I was able to do that, but you know the deal. This is your time to shine. Promote anything and everything that you got going on, man. Floor is yours. Go for it.
1: Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at TO underscore sports views. Check out my podcast, the TSV podcast, wherever you get, wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. We're there. Um, I'm going to be having Adam at some point come on, uh he doesn't know this yet, but he's gonna be my next guest at some point. Oh okay. Right. So there's there's a there's a surprise for you, Adam. Uh at some point uh when we're done recording this, we'll have to figure it out. But uh we might we might do a, a combo of raps, blue jays. We'll see what's going on at the time of recording. Uh but we'll figure it out. It's nice to have that flexibility to be able to chat raptors and blue jays. I also talk Maple Leafs, so if, if I know you listeners aren't here for Maple Leafs, but if that is something that you do want to listen to you can check out some of my uh, latest podcasts we did talk about the Leafs um, when they're going into the playoffs sort of what their state was as a team I'm going to be doing a season wrap up podcast about the Leafs as well just a quick one to summarize uh, what where I think the Leafs should go and what direction I think that they should take who should come back and who we should say adios to so um, yeah that's uh, that's kind of what's cooking in the TSV world but uh, I'll, I'll put the mic back to you
0: uh, you can find all of those links to Connor's Twitter, Connor's show in the description of this show they'll be right there available for you you should subscribe to the show I am a subscriber so you should do the same leave a yeah, review, rate it, it, everything share it and uh, yeah dude anytime you want me on your show I'll be there but for the sake of the show it was good to have you on and uh, I'll talk to you later
1: absolutely, see you later